1: Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Leaders podcast, part of the Living and Loserville podcast platform. How's everybody doing? Probably not that great on this uh, category right now. 0-2 Vikes, rough one, rough, rough, rough one, oh, man. That was uh, That was an ugly one. The Indianapolis Colts, slowly but surely just tear apart. Our beloved, not at this moment, but our beloved Minnesota Vikings to the tune of, oh, who even cares? What, 28 to 10 or some shit? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, We are going to try to find some positives, but there's just not that many. It's mostly negative. We're not negative people, but uh, it's reality. It is reality. So we're going to break down. Some of this ugly game, of course, the sun will come out tomorrow and we do have a game coming up. Our run defense will be tested. Um, you know, there's no bones about it. They're not going to try to hide it and scheme it. No, they're coming right downhill at you with a big old back uh, for the Tennessee Titans. So we'll, we'll break that down um, as well. But, yeah, we got to talk our way through it. Man, when you look at the injuries, are starting to pile up even more now. If you look at the uh, – if you look at – what is it? Uh, nine out of the – I can't remember. Nine out of the 11? I think it was nine out of 11 or eight out of – I can't remember as far as starters on defense um, from last year. We knew it was a reboot, but wow, with the injuries and uh, our man in the middle out, it is not going to improve anytime soon. Well, I mean, that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. A lot of people are already saying tank. It's time to tank. Let's tank um, for the Clemson QB. Okay. Um, we're going to have to win next week though. I mean, the, the, the numbers on Owen two going to Owen three, just the numbers on 0 and two are pretty ugly. Now, sure. You know, there is an extra playoff spot this year, so you could tweak it percentage wise, but it's uh This third game is a must win if we want to have any hope of getting to the playoffs. If not, we're going to be in trouble. We're going to be in trouble. Anyway, like I said, we're going to break this down. We're going to banter a little bit. We're going to try to have some fun with it. We're going to try to keep it light. But it is tough, like I said, with with these uh, two games. Um, The defense was just god-awful week one. The offense you know, with the head of, uh, the, the quarterback there, Cousins got awful this week. Like this is Cousins worst game as a Minnesota Viking. There's no way around it. Um, you know, he's actually, the crazy thing is he's actually faced more pressure in other games in done well. I'm not saying he didn't get any pressure, but wow. <laughs> like that was just a really bad game. So, um, and like I said, we're going to, we're going to look to next week. We're going to see how that game breaks down. More than likely, it'll be a tight game. Uh, knock on wood. But anyway, if this is your first time listening to the Purple Eater, or Purple People Eaters podcast, I can't even talk right now. I'm so messed up. No, um, If this is your first time listening to the pod, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope dope Radio. Um, you know, You don't have to go to Blog Talk and download it right there if you don't want to or listen to the browser. Uh, This podcast is under the RoboDope Radio Podcast at Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, really all across the board. We're also part of the grueling True Sports Podcast Network, which can be found on Spotify and all across the board. Um, while you're at it, why don't you head on over to TheGruelingTruth.com. That's TheGruelingTruth.com. It's football. It's basketball. It's, it's baseball. It's boxing. It's everything in between. And one more thing before we get into this. If you're thinking about cutting the quarter, you and not quite happy. I got something for you. It's called AT&T TV now. It's live streaming cable. They have the seven-day free trial. Once you sign up, there's no annual contracts. The plans start as low as $55 a month. Stream it anywhere. They have the cloud DBR. And right now, if you sign up, you got a 30-day free trial of HBO Max. A layer to this deal, if you sign up for the Max package, you already have HBO Max, plus a free month of showtime. Once again, that's ATT TV Now live streaming cable. Okay. Okay, okay. I'm gonna go ahead and bring in my co-host and check his temperature and see how he's doing. A lot of people are kind of coming out of their hole like is it is it is it safe is it safe did did is the game over did we okay with the game's finally over so i don't have to watch another garbage touchdown or anything like that okay game's over um boy we knew there was going to be some turnover we knew that there was going to be some flux we knew that you know the first six games were going to be rough we were just hoping for three for three three and three i should say
0: but uh
1: this has been an ugly one. And that 0-2, you know, close to a death sentence is just staring you right in the eye. Um, how you feeling, buddy? How are you feeling? How are you doing anyway?
2: Well, I'm good, Chris. And, uh, you know, well, Vikings fans, how do you really feel? I mean, I'm looking out <laughs> at Facebook groups and the Internet <laughs> and it's tank for this, sky is falling that, uh, you know, fire Zimmer this, hate Spielman that. All over the board of negativity flying around after the second game of the season. And I got to say, it was a disgusting display. It was horrible. But, you know, two games does not a season make. And, you know, it's hard to find – any positivity at this point in time, we're going to attempt to do that. But, you know, looking at the composure of Kirk cousins, looking yeah. at the injury to Anthony Barr, looking at opt out of Michael Pierce, looking at, you know, rookie corners, looking at an offensive line. That's still having problems four years later. This is not a lot of real positive things to look at. I guess you look at out for growth and potential and you try to keep your nose to the grindstone and uh, see what silver linings you can pull out of this cloud.
1: It's a good way to put it. One thing we do know is why uh, the the youngster guard was not in the starting lineup. True, we now know why he was not in the starting lineup. He got bulldozed like five straight, not straight times, but like five separate times in a game it's very rare that you see a guy just get trucked. This is not the rip Drew Samoa, you know, show, but golly, that just kind of, it kind of did kind of make me think, Oh, and, and Hey, you know, uh, if this keep continues, the, the, just the whole thing of, Hey, we need to, if you're going to get rid of digs, we need to improve the offensive line, not just draft, but a player ready to plug and play. And then, Hey, when you got about five or six that corners out there for cheap, even the studs got uh below market, what they got last year. Why not, you know, take a flyer on one. I mean, what's it going to hurt? You know, you can always just cut them or something. I mean, in the end, really, what is it going to hurt? And some of this stuff is catching up with us. No doubt about it. And it's really funny. So the first, well, I mean, a funny in a weird way, but, So once again, somehow, you know, usually you can kind of tell this Viking squad, especially under Zimmer, you know, the way it's set up, you can kind of, the feeling on the first couple of drives, you can kind of feel, you know, when we go up seven zip or something, usually when you look at the numbers at just seven and zip actually, and halftime leads and stuff, it's actually really impressive, you know, and so it just kind of locks in your head like, okay, hey, we got off to a good start, and yeah, it was only a field goal this time last week, it was a touchdown, but 13 play drive, we had some balance, and hey, we're okay, this is okay, no problem. Three quick early passes to Thielen, why not start feeding them? And then when they start to put the protection over there, you know, we'll go to the other quote-unquote weapons. Um, But, you know, the defense didn't play nearly as bad. Yeah, they gave up run. That was the thing that uh, really set the tone um, for the Colts. I mean, before you knew it, Aaron, it was twelve carries, sixty yards for Taylor, and Taylor loves this. He comes from the Wisconsin system. Sixteen-play drive, nine minutes. It was just like what? Now there was an interception on that other um, long drive, so that that you know that helped as well. But before you know it, it was just like wow, we got off to a good start, and, and here we go. I mean, yeah, we can say, we'll talk about the defense as far as red zone. You know, that's the only reason why that wasn't another just scorcher earlier is because of the red zone defense. Um, I noticed we ran a fair amount of bootleg play action to get it moving. I thought that was a smart move. But like I said, before we get into too much here, this was Kirk Cousins' worst game as of Viking, it's hands down because, yeah, he got pressured, like I said, but we've seen him actually get more pressure and perform better. That was not the case. He was off, you know, uh, the throwing behind someone when it's like, all right, dude, I know you can't throw ahead of him because there's a guy there. Throw it on the numbers or throw it on the ground or throw it, you know, to the, to the hip or something. How many lower passes do you see get tipped and end up picked? Not that many. Not that many at all, and you got to know in that split moment, you know he was just the most off I've seen him. Like I said, and then some people are like, "Oh, I like the aggression downfield. I like the aggression. You mean throwing it into two people, uh, two two guys on feeling." When we know we don't, if you don't have a jump ball guy, that's something we've talked about for three years now. Aaron. We don't have a jump ball deep guy. Sure. We got some Rudolph post you up. You know, he can do some stuff in the red zone or if you need four yards or something like that. But the only guys and you, I'm not saying you don't use this play in the NFL. I mean, we started the damn play with Randy Moss. Yeah. Two guys that he can knock it down. He'll be to the ball first, whatever. Then you take a risk like that. But that was like – if you think that's being aggressive, that's just plain being dumb because we don't have a go-get-it where that – the worst thing that turns into is it's a punt because he knocked it down or whatever. That was a horrendous pass. Um, the picks, the just everything. He was just off like I've never seen him before. And like I said, this was not some sort of, oh, they, the blitzes were coming from everywhere, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, you you raise a lot of great points uh, on Cousins and, you know, the other things which we'll get into. But Cousins, you know, all I can do is think back to Stefan Diggs. Think about all the things he said, all his behaviors, uh, the things he said about Kirk. And, you know, I'm not going to say that all of that was accurate, but there was a nice chunk of accurate in there. And, you know, it's hard to tell with him because Kirk can play lights out at points in his career, you know. Green Bay a couple of years ago, he's lights out the Rams game. He was great. They lost both of those games, but he played well and you're right. He didn't get any more pressure than he usually does, but he was throwing errant passes and didn't seem to give a whole hell of a lot about it. Now I'm not saying you got to cry or kick somebody, but he just kind of shrugged it off. You know, and there's the whole saying about, you know, well, you got to think about the next play. Well, yeah, it's true. You know, you got to have a short memory, but, I just didn't see any kind of competitive nature coming out of him. Maybe to, you know, start a comeback or anything like that. It just seemed like a general malaise over the whole offense. You know, you come out swinging with some play action. uh, was, you know, moderately successful. But you're right. You have no one to throw to. There's no big receiver out there. You have one. You have Thielen. And the whole world knows you have one. So, you know, you're thrown into double coverage. You're thrown behind. Uh, You're getting sacked. We have three safeties in the last three regular season games, another NFL record. It's just getting to the point where you have to say, you know, is it the coordinator? Is it Kirk? Is it the play calling? It's one of my least favorite tropes that fans will come out with is play calling because you just don't know all the intricacies that go into it. But I think, you know, I'm not seeing screens to Delvin Cook. I'm not seeing – passes in the flat i'm not even seeing check down charlie from kirk i'm just seeing bad passes and it's it's mind-blowing how quickly you see the warts on a guy like that
1: yeah i'm not ready like we have a difference of an opinion on cousins uh since he's been here nowhere near what you see some of the fan base talk about on both sides i'm not in fantasy sports, so i don't you know i don't bend over backwards for that. But I also don't think it's as bad as some people say. I don't think you're uh, measuring it up near of what, you know, some people say where you're like, dude, are you, you're out of your mind. So it's all like last week was all cousins. Really? So we gave up. So the last four touchdowns or the last four possessions, they scored touchdowns, 28 points in the fourth quarter. They gave up two. Doesn't that mean something? Um, you know, that type of thing. But this was just period point blank is worst game. Um, it's funny. He actually did get out of the end zone, you know, somehow, some way he actually did. That shouldn't have been what it was. But still, just throw the fucking ball. Just throw it. I'll give him credit. Like he, he did kind of somehow. This is kind of weird to say, but muscle his way out of the end zone. I'm surprised he didn't just get thrown down like a rag doll, but it doesn't you know that that's nice, man. Good effort. But just throw the damn ball away. You're in the end zone. Um, so that, that one was another one. But yeah, this whole aggressive. I like I saw that a bunch on Twitter. Oh, I like the aggressive. So you call that a smart, aggressive play. And like you said, where are the screenplays? Where are the short little dink and dumps? Where are just something going? You know, just get something going. Um, And we're just we're not seeing it now. Did we shoot ourselves in the foot plenty? Yeah. I mean, we had a, a drive going and then we get a penalty or Smith didn't have his greatest day. We, we are third and 19 and third and 25. And yeah, we can't blame that just on um, cousin. Sure. Or even like you said, play call last week, we broke down two play calls, the fourth and third in the end zone play action. Those are play calls, but we're not going to sit there and blame it on all play calls. That's, that's ridiculous. So, um, the funny thing is the red zone defense still hung around, but yet we still, we went six quarters without registering a sack and really only one registered pressure, you know, in six quarters. Now there is some layers of positivity, just not much, but we did start to get some pressure, some hits, some sacks, um, You know, Yannick did actually have that strip, you know, sack and strip that really could have gave us a little bit more spark, but we would just turn right around and and just do nothing with it, you know, on, on offense. And so it was, it was just, like I said, I, I, I blame Cousins the most because he was just off with his accuracy when we had the time. And then the other layer stuff where, Then he did get sacked, and it wasn't his fault, and it's, you know, third and 27. Sure, okay, you know, I'm willing to say that, but so many stalled drives, Um, the field position once again, they started at, like, their average of, like, 40, and we started at the average of 20 in a year, you know, in in years now where if you just don't touch the ball, you get it at the 25, like, it's, it it was really bad. It was, uh, like you said earlier, it was just disgusting. And we just couldn't get it going. And, and it, it, the crazy thing is, it's 15-3 to three at half. You get a score, and you're, you're right there, dude. You're not that far off, but it sure didn't feel like it. And it really didn't feel like it um, once they had that 10-play long drive that just put the game so out of reach that it wasn't even – I thought the game was more in reach down by 10 last week. Uh, with with eight minutes or nine minutes ago than I did somewhere in the late third quarter. It was like, nah this isn't happening. It's not we this is not happening. Um so just the ugly game all around. Um and, and when you look at some of these uh some of these numbers, I mean even okay, so under Zimmer the Vikings have trailed by twelve points at half, just six times. We've only came back once and that was uh what was that? Oh yeah, Denver last year. Look at this, Kirk, Kirk Cousins has already intercepted, has been intercepted twice, targeting Thielen. Um, last year, he had three interceptions the whole year with 205, I'm sorry, the last two seasons, with 205 attempts to him. The first drive, like I mentioned, you know, four first downs, 13 plays. The next eight drives, three first downs, 54 yards of safety and three picks. Six out of the eight drives were three or less because of the picks. Um, and, you know, Zimmer, this this is a quote from Zimmer from uh, Courtney Cronin. This team has kind of been built, kind of. It's kind of been built like this, Zim. <laughs> it's it's kind of been built on controlling the time of possession, playing great in the red zone and on third downs, and we haven't done that very well. On offense, we don't have an identity. The quarterback didn't have a good game whatsoever, we're going. We're gonna have to get back to work and figure out this as far as identity, and, and and then you start to say before it's too late. And right now, currently, three out of the eleven starters from last year are gonna be on the field, and we'll get into some zero and two talk, um, you know, as far as those numbers. But like I said, it, it just gets hard to find positives, um, you know, when it just so it's like last week the defense just shat on itself this week at least they stood up in the red zone and it was it was three zip actually for a while um we had plenty of time to get down there and put something else on the board offense this week just horrendous I mean does it feel like we can even put it together on one side of the ball
2: that's a great question not without an offensive line Chris I mean you brought that up earlier I mean you said it, it, seeing uh Samia, who I had a lot of faith in, and still kind of do. I mean, I'm going to give him a mulligan on this one, and hopefully he comes back and plays well. But he got trucked. We've seen Reef get trucked in the past, Elfline all the time. Uh, We just don't have the horses up there, and it's hard to do anything uh, without that. Now, they can come together. We can run the ball pretty well, you think. So why don't we run the ball a little bit more? If we have to, we just pay Delvin. We've got two or three backs. I guess Boone's out, but we've got two or three backs that can run the football. And we might have to just go to more of that. I mean, just to. Move the chains. Uh, it's just tough to watch, you know, just ineptitude. You come out with scripted plays, you do decent, you get down there, you can't punch it in, you get three points. And then after that, it's just like floundering. You know, you can't run the ball, you can't pass the ball. We're not going up against the greatest defense in the world. And you just can't do anything. Now, it's hard to tell what was really going on. And I think Cronin hit it right with the lack of identity just because they haven't had time to form one. I mean, the, the time of possession was 18 minutes the first game, 20 minutes this game. You got a pissed off defense.
1: Hold on, Aaron. That's under the improvements. Three minutes, dude. Next week, it could be 24, dude.
2: Well, let's hope it is. I mean, (laughs) you got to get up there somehow. I mean, just get a couple first downs. I really think maybe the problem is just trying, you know, not knowing with a a little time in the offseason. You don't really know uh, what the identity of your team is offensively. So you're kind of going back to some old things that have worked, But without the time to really see who can do what and where, I guess it's kind of a crapshoot. Now, after two games, you should be able to say, okay, this is successful. This isn't. Let's do more of this and less of that. But, you know, you're not seeing other teams go through this. You saw kind of a sputter in the first half of the first game, but now other teams are kind of clicking offensively and we are nowhere near that. And it's really frustrating. And, you know, you preached all off season and I kind of didn't take it in, but now I know where's Josh Klein. You had a chance. We don't know what his injury situation is or if he's even able to play, but you know, I'm not hearing anything about attempt to sign him when you clearly don't have anybody adequate at the guard position. And now you need one more than ever still haven't heard his name pop up anywhere. So, you know, let's assume that maybe a call has been made or maybe his neck's not, you know, where it should be or whatever. But, you know, you got to figure out something on this offensive line. You got to try. I'm, I'm down with just putting in different guys, trying different things. I think that's really where the problem is and has been for many years.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. It's nice to, you know, you got a draft to replace. No doubt about it. I'll give him credit for that the last couple of years. But we need to. The, the folks to do it now. And we had a chance. We had a chance. I got killed in the Facebook groups. We had a chance to make some trades and not just that one Trent Williams trade either. Cowboys guard, Jacksonville guard. Like there was so much out there and we have so many goddamn picks. Just give them away then. Like we already got it. We, we drafted three guys in the first Two rounds, right? The last, the last three years at offensive alignment Okay. So you've done that part, but you know what? The people right now are not O'Neal's the only one that's turning out right now. And I'm not expecting, you know, first, and second year guys to be studs, but you got, okay. They're not though. So let's go get a meat and potatoes guy. You know, the thing about a Trent Williams or whatever, it's not just pass protection. You can literally run, Hey, Delvin, you see that like great mass of body that can move? Yeah, go behind him. And then when they queue up on that, then Delvin with this footwork will, will just skirt, you know, skirt that way. And speaking of, the reason why we signed him at an extension, and I know it's garbage, but when you're a defense, you don't want to give that running play up you know, near the goal line. That It's a little small thing. But these are this is what makes him a special back that touchdown run. And I know it's garbage. I'm not I'm not trying to give us credit as an offense. Oh, we hey, we got it going. No, I'm not saying that I'm saying just literally one play that play right there tells me why we extended good that he made deep deep. deep. Oh, I am in. I mean, it was beautiful run. That's a positive. Uh, you know, the red zone defense in the in the second half pressure. I thought that was a positive. They did start to stick to run a little bit more. The special teams improved in the second half, but man, they had a, a, an early start with that punt game. But hey, we're using them a lot more this year than we need to with all these three and outs. And, and well, actually, maybe we're not because we did have uh, three picks too. So um, overall, man, it's 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 zero and two. You know, it, like you said, the sky's not completely fallen. But when we know that we didn't improve the line, and we have all these new pieces on D, it is tough to feel good about it per se, like, okay, this isn't that bad. Here we go. So 0-2, oh these stats go back to 1978 0-2 oh um, when they expanded to 16 games. That's why they're they're cut off there. Um, 341 teams have started 0-2. Oh they finished an average, of, or average record of 6-10. Um, there are some I mean, there's some Super Bowl winners. There are plenty of divisional winners. We actually, you know, won a division in this form. And, and I know before, this stat's a little skewed because there's an extra team on both sides that get in this year with the new playoff format. So I understand, but they're not going to skew that much. Uh, and, and just real quick, yours finished that after 0-2 starts. They, this is the year finish. 81 seven and nine. 84 less stackable three and thirteen. 2001 five and eleven. 2002 six and ten. Uh, 2005 nine and seven. 2008 ten and six won the division. And the crazy thing about this is we lost to the Packers week one and the Colts week two back in 2008. 2010 six and ten. 2011 three and thirteen. And the last really bad season, 2013, 5-10-1 for the average of 6-10. and 10. Isn't that a nice little way to tie a bow on it there, Aaron?
2: Yeah, I mean, it sounds familiar. I mean, the Vikings are never that bad for that long, but uh, it's not, you know, building up to be a hell of a season here. And, you know, Chris, I go back again to what you said all summer, and again, I got to take it on board. You wanted to go get a – you know, a veteran defensive back, and, you know, we didn't do that, and I had some faith that, you know, we'd draft some guys and some guys would play better, but that's not showing up. So, I mean, it would be great to have a veteran defensive back uh, in there just to maybe calm things down a little bit, and that's not showing up. And, you know, the same old tropes we've been saying since we started this show, we're giving up seven yards on first down on a run, uh, you know, Linval with, with Linval and without Linval. I heard Andre Patterson and say well they're not getting pushed off the line they're just not doing their run fits well i saw something different i saw him getting pushed off the line and uh, and a lot and often i mean taylor's a great back but you know is he that great of a back we're gonna find out and he, we're just you know it's retreading the same stories only this time it's exacerbated because we don't have a top 10 defense to clean things up and you know i have every faith that this defense is going to improve under zimmer i think that Even this week, they improved from the previous week. But, you know, how quick is that going to be? And then you still have all the problems on offense. Uh, Six and ten, it's looking more realistic now than it did two weeks ago.
1: Yeah, it really is. And you're right. That's a great point. We did see, uh, especially the red zone, we did see a, a pretty big improvement. The only problem is they were able to get 14 carries, you know, I mean, pretty early in that game. and. And transition is everything. Uh, Speaking of 14 carries before you sit down and and open up a beer, um, they got a guy down there in Tennessee that uh, likes to get the ball. Am I right, Aaron? I mean, this is going to be a test, maybe not in the air. Now, I could see that the play-action explosive play may burn us. We've seen a lot of these great safeties, and I'm not going to blame it on them. But we've seen a lot of the back of their unis. Uh, so far, and and once again, we had another touchdown drop. By the way, we we forgot to mention that. Otherwise, that game would have been maybe out of touch even earlier. I, I totally forgot about that. From a veteran guy too, that was kind of crazy. Um, so here we go, Tennessee Titans coming into town. Two oh, they're they're two and zero. Oh. They got some bodies out, Vic Beasley Jr. They they do have some bodies out comparative to us. Danzler is still questionable at this point. They are a two and a half point favorite. Um, The over under is 47.5. They have played in two extremely tight games, beating Jacksonville last week, 33 to 30 in Denver opening week, 16 to 14. You know, maybe it's just my eternal positivity or just I hope. But at some point, we're going to have a super competitive game in the fourth quarter where we haven't had to make a run back to even make it a somewhat game, like in in week one and no game in the fourth quarter, really second half after a while uh, last week. But um, I feel like this is going to be, you know, a a competitive game, but it'll really come down to that run defense. And I just don't know how we can even keep them under a hundred, 120. It just, it kind of feels that way. Um, what are your thoughts going in after seeing back-to-back weeks getting, you know, chewed up from, I'm not going to say lesser running games because they have a good running game. The Colts have a good offensive line, that is for sure, and so do the Packers. And Jones, uh, I believe, leads the league at like 225 rushing yards right now. Um, what do you see coming in when you got a full head of steam coming downhill uh, ready to just tear in to the, in- the interior of our defense?
2: Well, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. I think it's gonna be a long Sunday. Uh, they are on a roll, them being the uh, Tennessee Titans. they're gritty. Uh, they got a great offensive line, great defensive line, big strong running back with speed, uh, competent wide receivers and a competitive quarterback. Uh, I couldn't think of a team that you wouldn't want to face more than a team like that. Uh, they're not there's no questions in their in their lineups. Uh, they've been doing this for a couple of years now. Tannehill's proven to be more than competent. Uh, if the defense improves, takes another step up. I think they'll g- be a little closer than, uh, than uh, you would think they would. But if we can't score points and that snowball effect comes, if you can't keep the offense on the field, it's going to be a problem. Now, if you get a heavy dose of cook and you eat the clock and try to keep the game uh, on your terms, I think maybe you got a chance, but, I really don't like this matchup at all. In fact, I can't think of one I probably like. Well, I guess if you had to face Leonard Fournette right now, it would probably be a problem. But uh, this is probably the worst possible matchup. Week three, team reeling against a team that's that's rolling downhill. So I got 32-10 uh, Tennessee on this one. I just don't see us – You know, I, the all, all of it falls on Cook and Madison this week. You've got to run the football because you can't throw it. And our offensive line has got to move people if they can't pass per- – Protect. You certainly hope they can run block. And if they can do that, control time of possession, which is something they haven't done, that's the way you win this game is keep the other team off the field. But I don't see that happening. I just don't. I I think it will go the opposite. I think you're going to see Tennessee do that, run the ball right down our throats, and then we get to talk about some other issues next week.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm on the 23-30 loss. So I got it tighter. I got a really, you know, a heart more of a heartbreaker. You know, when I think about it, maybe I would just rather take your score. It hurt to hear hear it right away. But maybe I would rather have that. I would have the rest of my Sunday open. Um, No, but yeah, I got a twenty three twenty Vikings go down swinging. They do establish the run. Um, They just uh, they just can't stop it can't stop it and like you said it comes down to using the the players that we know can produce but can the offensive line produce enough they're not this great defense but um yeah so 23 20 26 23 that's kind of what i was playing with i'm, I'm gonna settle in at twenty three twenty. unfortunately going oh in three um eesh, ouch um real quick we do it's gonna pick up here in a couple of weeks Um, the, uh, the Minnesota Gophers, big 10 football is back in a couple of weeks, October 23rd and 24th is the kickoff. And we have Bateman now among a couple other players, but, you know, obviously we're focused on uh, Rashad Bateman. He is now enrolled. He is now back in school. He wants to play. The only reason why he wasn't going to play is because the first rumors we heard was spring football spring football doesn't allow you to get drafted at a high level, potentially, because, you know, you're just not doing the scout stuff. You're not doing that because, you know, a good chunk of the three out of the top five power fives started earlier. So that's going to be a normal thing. Well, that's not the case. They shrunk the schedule to eight. They're going to be done December 19th. Uh, as far as regular season. So December 20th is that final college football ranking. So they are going to be able to sneak in there. Um, the Power Five has – they're finally realizing they have a lot more power the, than the NCAA, and the NCAA has, this off season has really shown to be in And honestly, they're, they're scared. They're on thin ice. They're like, wow, we could actually lose this. You know, we, we, this might be bad. And um, so I'm thinking, you know, that it actually, I think they're going to let Bateman back in. And some of it is, um, honestly, some of it is just based off common sense, but NCAA and common sense doesn't line up. But there was also an A, um, Arizona State punter that went through the whole draft process and he earned his eligibility back, and the school cited COVID as a special circumstance so you know there are some other big I think the Purdue wide receiver I hear a little rumors I don't know if he's enrolled or if he did or not but Bateman only you know made the right decision for his longevity or for his life um you know moving forward by dipping out because the season may have started in March and you're not even done with your season and then you get drafted it's not like baseball you know it's not like baseball where you're playing and they get drafted. effort That's not how it works. So um, I'm hoping that Bateman comes back, but I did like how the big 10 took a look around. They're going to test their players every single day. Illinois and Michigan weren't going to be on board in general until they went the cardiovascular (laughs) route. You're literally, when you get COVID, you have to be cleared with an X-ray to make sure that shit is not on your lungs that we're starting to see in lungs uh, since the COVID started. So it is 100% legit. So I think the Big Ten made a good decision on, uh, you know what, we're going to postpone and we're going to look at three different start dates and we'll see what we can accomplish. And they did uh, get it done. But here's hoping that Bateman comes back because uh, that really helps in an eight-game uh, season and just hitting the ground running. Uh, speaking of losing parts, it would suck to lose Johnson and Bateman
2: yeah I would and you really hope the best for bateman and you know i gotta feel like he's got a good chance i mean signing with an agent is dicey but you know under the circumstances you're right he made the best choice with the information he had at the moment and now that situation has changed he should be able to uh amend his decision and, and play again It'd be certainly uh very helpful with the golfers. now chris you know that's great. The big tens back. And I, I took a look at the schedule. You kick off with Michigan and it's not a terrible schedule, but can you imagine anything worse than a college football game without fans? It just doesn't make any sense. And I don't know how they're going to work that out and of great for TV and, and get your money that way. But I can't imagine. I mean, if there's any, a sport where you need fans and student participation, it's gotta be college football. And it'll be pretty strange to see, uh, Without fans now. On the upside, we have an outdoor stadium, which you know probably helps a lot uh, as far as COVID is concerned. So you know maybe it won't be as sparse as the NFL looks, but you know you kind of got a pack of college football gamers. It's just not going to be the same.
1: Well, uh, you know they they do have the band there. That does help to get you that feel of oh the band. Okay, yeah the band's help. Um, but we've seen like. You know, the, the well, the, the Chiefs and a couple other stadiums, actually, the NFL have managed to get 15 or 20,000 folks in, especially the stadiums that are a seat 80 or 100,000, because then, you know, you can spread them around. And that's what's happened in college, too. Um, they have had fans in the stands. I'm not saying it's going to happen here because we're still on the 250, but the band will be there, which does help a little bit. It kind of makes it feel like and I'm not talking about down south high school football i'm talking about up north in minnesota football at least you got the band it's like okay the the band kind of gets you back to like feeling it a little bit but um yeah i hear you there is a difference both college basketball and college football that energy the rivalry thing the so much youth in the crowd too that you're right that does make a huge difference because they don't even have to be drunk to be screaming their ass off so yeah, it is a little funky there, but, um, the funny thing is the NCAA has already worked out a deal a while back with the agent thing and, and where well, you could test something and you get for basketball, college basketball, but for college football, they've always kind of stood that because it has the junior tag and the 21 age and all that. But I'm assuming if they want to have any chance of keeping the power five moving forward, um, they would give these kids a break because it literally was just COVID. And we never see someone sit out their junior year. Do we see a a guy in a not as meaningful bowl sit out if you're, you know, yeah, sure, we see that. That's different. I mean, a lot of these bowl ball games, who gives a fuck about them anyway? A lot of them. So, but you know, when COVID was there, it, it just it would be so it'd just be another strike against them to you're like, dude. You've already not done much. Can you at least do this now in this offseason? You've made billions of dollars tax-free for decades after decades. Can you just do this right? Um, Any last words just in general, Vikings, football, anything before we uh, shut this puppy down, sir?
2: Well, just come and follow us on the Instagram page, Living in Loserville podcast, and get some more followers. We'll leave links to the show try to put some other content up there for you. And, you know, so we can get through this season. It's going to, seems like it's going to be a tough one, but you know, maybe we turn it around. Uh, it's just, you know, I just don't know. We're so young that, eh, you know, let's just hope they play well this week. And, uh, we got something good to talk about next week. But that first
1: win is going to be nice. Whenever it comes, that first win is going to be nice. All right, we'll get out of here. Enjoy, uh, the weekend by the time you hear this pod and, uh, you know, I see a lot of bandwagon. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm off the team for a little bit. What, what, are you on the t- what are you posting in Facebook for if you're just a straight bandwagon, oh, and two, I'm going to go support another team? What, what are you even doing in a Facebook group? That I, I don't understand that. But anyway, I'm out of here. Aaron's out of here. We're out of here. Peace.
2: Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva Paper Towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand.
0: And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva Paper Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more.